0: Recently, I was walking in my neighborhood, and I walked by my old house. I loved that house. I helped create that house. And I never wanted to sell that house, but I needed to. And as I approached my house, I saw a for sale sign in front of it. And as quickly as I saw that sign, I was filled with this wave of energy and excitement. And I thought, if I sell everything I own, I could buy my house back. And as quickly as I had that thought, my mind sort of dropped back into a memory of when I was 11 years old. And I got a room of my own. And up until that point, I shared a bedroom with my sister. It was a small space We had different styles. We definitely defined tidy differently. <laughs> and I was my older sister. It was time I had a room of my own. So the day I got my own room, Now the house I grew up in, it was not an expensive house, but it had some interesting architectural features. We had vaulted ceilings with exposed beams running along them. We had lots of windows and lots of light, cork floors, and my bedroom had built-in shelves, several of them, deep, that could hold lots of things. I had a built-in desk and a pegboard above that and a narrow shelf that could also hold things. My room called out to me. It said, decorate me. And you know, the thing is, the rest of my house could be chaotic because we had mental illness in my family and that created a sense of sort of instability and unpredictability and what I discovered in my room is I would place my prized souvenir just right on that top shelf, perfectly placed. I placed my favorite book right next to it. And then underneath I placed the shelves that I found along the beach. Everyone just placed the way I wanted it. I discovered that I could create predictability and had some control over my room. So as time went on, and I grew up in that room, I discovered I had a sense of design and I had a deep appreciation for visual elements and, and I developed this passion for composition so I just loved to decorate my room and as I got older the childhood things that I had displayed moved more towards posters of Simon and Garfunkel and Jenny Hendrix and Janice Joplin and when I ran out of room on the walls I began to line the ceiling in between those beams, precisely placed where the posters, my room was cool. So much so that my mom began to bring people in and show it. She would, she would bring people in my room and say, "Isn't this neat? How she decorates." So not only had I created a sanctuary for myself, where I could have some predictability, and I felt safe and secure. I was seen through my room, and my room and I, we blended, and my identity got really tied up in my room and my space and how my things were placed. We were pretty unmeshed, and as I grew up, that need got stronger and stronger, and when it was time to leave home and I packed my belongings, I packed that need up and put it in the box and took it with me. And it was a powerful need. And it was there the first time I got an apartment with some friends. It was there the first time I shared a house with roommates. And it was there the first time I lived with a partner. And it could get in the way, really. It was a powerful need. But what happened is I began to dream about what it might be like to create a home from scratch to build a house. And as luck would have it, I found a very small lot in Northeast Portland that I was able to buy. And by small, I mean it was one quarter the size of a typical city lot. And when I got that lot, I began to study small house design. And then I got papers, and I was drawing up floor plans, and I was just imagining all the possibilities of everything that I could pick specifically to make it perfect. So I took those floor plans that I had done my best to draw up, and I gave them to an architect and he transformed that into my dream house. He made my dream house come to life on paper, come to life on paper. I took those plans, I gave them to a contractor, and we broke ground in the spring of 2007. Now, it wasn't the best time for me to be building a house. It's a huge endeavor, and I was really stressed at work, and working long hours, and I was still sort of trying to make sense of of a failed relationship, and, but, but I just plowed forward, anyway. And I was at the job site before work, and I was at the job site after work, because I needed to make sure the contractors were doing what they were supposed to do. Because one time, I showed up there, and they had cut a window in the closet. And the window was meant to go in the bedroom, not the closet. <laughs> so, you know, I was tired. But I genuinely believed that I can run myself ragged through the summer and rest in the fall. And that's what I did. I just burned the candle. at all ends. And my friends would say, how are you doing? And I'd say, I'm going to be fine when I get in my house. I'll be just fine when I get in my house. Well, the day came that I did get into my house. It was a beautiful October day and I had all the windows open. And I began to do what I know how to do, which is to nest. And I was placing my things in the built-in shelves in the living room of the house I had built and hanging pictures. And the day flew by, and the nighttime came, and I closed up the house, and I got in bed. And I realized I felt sort of sick. I felt nauseous, my eyes burned, I felt dizzy. And I realized the house was sort of stinky. It smelled like. paint and stain, and new construction. And I thought, you know, it's really not a good idea probably that I just sleep here tonight. So I called my friend Loretta, and I said, can I come stay at your house tonight? I think my house needs to air up. She said sure, so I went over there and I spent the night. Well, what happened over the next several months is I kept trying to stay at my house. I'd go stay at night and I'd feel sick. I'd go stay another night and I'd feel sick. I'd go stay another night and I'd feel sicker. This went on for months. And finally, I felt so sick that I quit trying to stay at my house because I was trying to figure out what was going on with my body. I had sort of chronic fatigue and dizziness and brain fog and after a lot of research and visiting doctors I was diagnosed with what's called multiple chemical sensitivity. And what that means is that my body was sensitized to the littlest bit of chemical. So what that meant for me and my house is that I was allergic to my house. And I could never live in that house. So I sold the house. Meanwhile, I am the friend that came to stay for a few nights and a year has passed. could have ever asked, and I am forever grateful to them for that. And as I was staying at their house, which is at one end of the block, I kept my bike. I got to know this couple that lived at the other end of the block, and I would keep my bike in their basement. So I would start the morning out, I'd get my bike, I'd ride to work, I'd ride home, put it in their basement, and oftentimes I would see one or both of them, and I would chat with Carol or Vicky for a while, and I got to know them. And one night I was walking home from their house, back to John and Loretta's, where I had a bedroom but all my stuff was in storage and and I was was trying to figure out what am I going to do and I realized I knew several of the people who lived on the block and I realized I had started to build a community right here on this block. I'm sort of attached to this block. But I'm trying to find a place to live and and it's hard because I'm allergic to everything. So I couldn't move into any place that had been freshly painted. I really couldn't move in with roommates because I would have to ask them to quit using every fragrance and scented product they used. And so, you know, I just, I sort of got my wits wit's in. I was like, what am I gonna do? Well, the house right next door to Carolyn Vicky's, where I kept my bicycle, came available for sale. And I was actually, I was able to purchase that house. And the day I moved in, you'd think that would be a fine, fine day for me, but what happened is I walked into that house, and all I could see was how different it was from the house that I had created and I felt defeated, I was tired, it had been a long year, and I just felt sad, and I, I just cried. But then I was like, well, this is the house I have. And so I did what I know how to do, which is I began to pictures on the wall, and I began to nest. And I put things on the bookshelf. They, they weren't built-in bookshelves, but they were fine bookshelves, nonetheless. And I began to feel at home. Five years passed, and I realized, I love this place. I love this home I'm living in. And so there I was that day, standing in front of my old house, and that thought came to me so quickly that I could buy it back. It was habitual, almost. And and then I looked at the house, and I went, I I want this house. And then I was like, "This, this was never really even my house. I never really even lived in this house. around and I walked home and I walked up onto my small porch and I walked into my small 1950s cottage and I thought I'm at home, I'm really at home here and in my house, it, it doesn't speak for me and I looked around and I thought I, I'm no longer enmeshed mesh with, with my home there's my house there's my home and then there's me